A friend once told me that time is false perspective, right? Everyone has a different perspective of time, right? You and I might be the same age, yet in very different stages of our life. And I think it's really important to, to trust the process and to, and to focus on what it is you're doing, the task at hand. I think that every experience, every job, every connection, every conversation can lead to something that you cannot foresee. And if you're there in that moment, like present with it and excited about it and kind of giving it your all, it will lead to the next thing, whether or not that's what you're loving doing. Hey guys, welcome to Active Ingredient, the podcast. I'm your host, Sophie Wheel, and I'll be taking a deep dive into why people do what they do and what it is that drives them. I believe every single person has an active ingredient to them, aka a purpose, and all we have to do is uncover what that is and activate it. I'm looking at people across the board with fancy titles like editors and chiefs, founders and CEOs, to under the radar activists who are changing the world one person at a time. I wanna to get to the bottom of how they first discovered their passion, how they channel their talent consistently, and ultimately, how their active ingredient is making the world a better place. Today's episode is with Cody Levine, co-founder of Twice Toothpaste. Cody launched his career in advertising and has worked with companies like Visa, Lowe's, HBO, Snickers, Live Nation, and Autism Speaks. Cody's taken his love of storytelling into his one-year-old company, Twice, that he co-founded with his brother Julian and with Lenny Kravitz. Cody first recognized the power of a healthy smile during a trip to Rwanda alongside his father, a world-renowned dentist. In 2015, he went on a volunteer mission in Eleuther, Bahamas that was in partnership with Glow Good Foundation and Lenny's Let Love Rule Foundation. During the mission, he witnessed an epidemic of poor dental care and after revitalizing an entire community through transformative dentistry, Cody, Julian, and Lenny decided to bring their mission worldwide and develop twice. Twice officially launched in 2018 with the mission to rethink the industry and unlock the power of the world smiles. On today's episode, we talk about Cody's transition from the advertising world to the entrepreneurial startup world. We talk about the difficulties of launching a direct-to-consumer brand that requires changing people's deep-rooted behaviors while also educating the masses. And we get into the core of the business, which is to provide oral health care for underprivileged communities. So with that, let's get into today's episode with Cody Levine. So I am here with Cody Levine, the co-founder of Twice. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. I'm so pumped. So can you, for anyone who doesn't know about Twice, can you give us a brief background on the company and your role within the company? Yeah. So we we launched Twice just over a year ago. Uh, we are a new D2C oral care brand, really trying to reinvent the everyday idea of brushing your teeth. Mm-hmm. Um, our product that we launch with is two tubes of toothpaste, uh, one that's more awakening for the morning and one that's more relaxing at night. And we're really trying to change behavior around, um, you know, what toothpaste you're using, why you're using it, and how to turn a very mundane experience into really this sought-after ritual. Amazing. Yeah. So 
I want to get into your background in advertising because I feel like what you're doing, like you said, is changing behavior. And I feel like your background had to have had a huge play in the way that you're positioning twice and just like the way that you're approaching the industry as a whole. But I first want to understand like what attracted you to advertising in the first place. Yeah. Um, I went to school at Cornell and I actually studied finance and entrepreneurship. Um, quickly realized that the banking world and finance wasn't for me. And why? Um, I loved the, I love like the sexy creative side of of finance, like acquisitions and mergers. But um, I wanted to be more conceptual, qualitative, and I wanted to figure out how brands came to life. You know, I grew up in a very entrepreneurial environment. My my dad is a He's really a dentist and an oral health expert, but he uh, he prides himself on being an inventor and an entrepreneur and a philanthropist alongside my mom. They started two oral care companies. We used to pack product on their ping pong table when oh I was God, seven and amazing. ten. That's yeah, so my cute. brother, my business partner named the first company and I helped them set, sell into Henry Bendel's like 15 years ago. So oh my God. brands and, and storytelling and narratives and, and um, communication was always something that I loved and I was passionate about. So did you like at one point, like were you going in the finance direction and then pivoted to It was very brief. I mean, it was like, I think I went to a couple info sessions back in the college <laughs> like, days nope. and I was like, this is not for <laughs> me. Um, and I very quickly repositioned. I, I took an internship actually out at Starbucks headquarters in Seattle, Amazing. which I think was really like the inspiration for me where I saw um, a brand that was so incredibly valuable in the eye of their audience and in, in culture. I'm as literally holding a, holding a Starbucks, Starbucks cup right now. Cup. Um, and I was so fascinated by, um, by how they built themselves. And Howard Schultz has always been a big inspiration. And, and I saw the creative process firsthand. I was managing the double shot canned beverage uh, to get into the weeds on it. But um, <laughs> I figured I was working with creative agencies. And I, they turned around proposals of how to rebrand and how to market and how to message this double shot that gets you going every morning. And I said, whoa, what's that? I want that. I want to figure that out. And I ended up in agency. agencies you were I, working with? I started at BBDO New York. No, I'm saying like what agencies you worked with during your time at Starbucks. Yeah, they were honestly, they were boutique agencies out in Pacific Northwest. They were Seattle based, um, super creative boutique shops that were like, it was just mind blowing, like how quickly and how visual and how captivating they recreated this product and this brand with. Um, and I dove in and I was like, I want to figure out how to do more of that. So how long were you in the advertising space before you started having the entrepreneurial itch? And like, it sounds like because you came from this entrepreneurial family, like, did you always know that you wanted to work for yourself? And this was kind of like your stepping stone into just, just the business world? Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, I was in advertising for like five, six years and I was working on so many lines of business, which I really am so grateful for my experience. I was able to work across new business, heritage clients, new brands, and I gained exposure into so many industries and, you know, solving challenges and problems for brands from menopause medication to um, Lowe's Home Improvement or Bacardi in the alcohol space. And I always knew I wanted deep down to figure out how to solve problems and challenges for a brand that I like fully loved and that I could create. And I think being alongside my family, it was actually like along on a dental mission that really started it all. It was like 
really the work our family was doing on the nonprofit side that me and my brother were a part of really as like this family passion um, that turned into my purpose and our purpose to start the business. So what was your brother doing at the time? And like, at what point in your advertising journey did you say, okay, let's, let's do this as an actual business together and leave. Yeah. And starting a business paycheck. with family is like, <laughs> that's like a whole other thing. And I actually really do want to get into it because yeah. clearly like you, you're a co-founder with your brother. Yeah. Julian and your, dad, your dad's pretty involved. He is. Our dad helped us formulate the toothpaste. Um, our mom is helping us merchandise and sell. It's a, it's a family affair. I love that. It's really cool. So at what point did you and Julian sit down and you were like, okay, let's take this passion, this family passion project and actually create a business together? Yeah. It was about after our second year on the mission. Julian was um, an investment banker. He was in finance. So he was actually at the time he was in private equity and he was talking to entrepreneurs all day long, you know, figuring out what challenges they have, how they're growing, what type of investment they're looking for. And he was investing in amazing companies. And and I was in advertising and, and we sat down after our second mission. We were really inspired by by the work we were doing, which I can certainly tell you more about. And and we said, like, I, I think this is something we need to do together. This this experience kind of hit us in the face and was like, whoa, like, I, I think it's weirdly a way for us to continue a family legacy and, and build a brand in oral care that our family dedicated their lives to. Um, you know, their companies were all around teeth whitening. Uh, the last company, Glow Science, which they sell in Sephora and on QVC, like, they launched this nonprofit the day they launched the business um, as their way of continuing to give back and, and help more people find confidence in their smile. The nonprofit brings full service dentistry to underserved communities. And that's really how it all started. And so, you know, me and my brother coming from two different worlds, yet having this incredible passion around what our family was doing, it was kind of a no brainer for us. But that opened up all of these complexities and challenges of figuring out how to start a business together, how to even like launch a D2C brand. You know, luckily he had been talking to entrepreneurs and, and kind of figuring out in his own mind a bit of a playbook. But, you know, it's nothing like the real thing until you jump right in. So I want to get into like into the weeds of what the logistics were from when you guys were both working at those two jobs. Because the point of the podcast is for someone that's currently doing something that wants to launch into something else or pivot or whatever. What were like the actual logistics? Like, did you have savings? Did you guys raise? How long were you guys formulating and talking to people before you started doing this full time? Yeah, um, my brother basically took the leap in March of 2017, maybe even 16. Yeah. And he was working full time on it for about six to eight months before I made the jump. You know, Julian's three years older than me. He was working in the financial industries, making a lot more money than me. Um, he had savings. I was basically like continuing my craft and picking up skills at a newer agency that I loved, but kind of like, hey, this is something I really want to do. So I was moonlighting, helping formulate like positioning of the brand, what we stand for, why we exist, because that was a large part of what I was doing mm -hmm. in my previous world. But I didn't have much savings, um, so I had to moonlight. And we started fundraising. We raised a friends and family uh, convertible note on the business. We raised about a half a million bucks, 575000 And um, How do you know how much you need? A bit of forecasting of like, you know, how much is inventory? How do we think we're going to launch this thing? Like a marketing plan. But 
to be honest, when you're a first time entrepreneur, you have no fucking clue what you're doing. I know. I'm like, how do like on your first round? I'm like, how the hell do you even know what you need? Luckily, I had my brother. Yeah. Um, who you know who could understand like a bit of like, okay, what even is the vehicle of a convertible note to raise money, and mm -hmm. and how much do we think we need? Um, we didn't want to go like the early pre-launch venture route of like, hey, let's go raise three, four million bucks and like blow this thing out the water. Like we had to test and iterate and learn and. We spent 18 months formulating the product. How um, did you guys formulate? We we were working with our dad, um, you know, thinking through, and that's a large part of like our position on the brand. It's like uh, we're we're, we're we're solving a problem of like what toothpaste do you need? Right? Let's take a trip down the toothpaste aisle in CVS. Right? You've mm -hmm. got. One, you've got Crest that has six different SKUs, you know, one for whitening, one for cavity prevention, one for sensitivity, one that says it's got scope, one that says it whitens with diamonds. Like, mm -hmm. It's overwhelming. And like, it's yeah. honestly like a last minute, at, at least for me, it's a last minute purchase. Totally. And I'm just like, oh, this one looks good today. But it's probably right. not the same one I bought the last time or the time before that. There's not a, t weirdly, I'm not brand there's, loyal. There's you know? weirdly like, there's loyalty in like a way of like non-loyalty, right? Like, oh, my dentist I, I totally tells me to use Sensodyne. So like, that's all I know. Or you're the, or you're the type of customer that like you walk down the aisle and like whatever's flashy, like I'll take it. Mm -hmm. um, and so you know when you're in such a commodity space where three players have dominated the industry for fifty plus years and we're trying to change behavior and introduce something new, we have to take an approach of like product centric. Here's why we're different. Here's what you need, and, and it's a bit of education. Mm -hmm. Luckily, we we have roots in the dental space, and you know if there's anyone you need to listen to, whether you do or not, it's like your dental professional. Uh, because like this is around long-term health. So we formulated with the mentality of like everything your dentist tells you you need. Um, and we have a firm stance on like active ingredients, mm -hmm. right? Like an incredible concept, which is why I like love this podcast. Like active ingredients are, are things that are proven and that need to be there in order to work, right? Exactly. It's like innate to help you. And it's like your special sauce. So we formulated with active ingredients. And then we said, well, like everything that's in your traditional toothpaste, like it, it's not good for you. There's all these fillers, these unnecessary ingredients that are just there to like compete on price that are, you know, kind of harmful to the end user as a consumer, like sulfates or parabens or carrageenan or synthetic dyes or alcohol, like you name it. They've ended up being fillers over the last 50 years um, to make a cheaper product. So we said, okay, well, let's strip that shit out, get rid of the unnecessary nasty ingredients and, re and fill it with more conscious, modern, healthy ingredients like vitamins, antioxidants, aloe vera, because the oral microbiome, like your mouth, like it's kind of this cesspool of bacteria. Like people don't know that there's more bacteria in your mouth than there are people on planet Earth. Like Ew. pretty mind-blowing. <laughs> like you, really need to, you need to think, think twice about actually what's in your toothpaste. So that was a big part of our formula, and it, it took us 18 months of iteration and testing and tweaking because also, like, healthy toothpaste doesn't taste good. Like, there is a preconceived Yeah, can notion. you describe, obviously, people aren't tasting it right now, but can you describe what you guys landed on? Yeah, so Early Bird is this, like, awakening morning mint. It's got wintergreen and peppermint essential oils. Um, we wanted our taste profiles to be a little elevated. Like, when you look at our tubes, they're, they don't look like traditional toothpaste. It's a white matte tube with a gloss finish on the logo with early bird and then twilight is peppermint with vanilla and lavender essential oils to kind of calm you down in a matte black tube with a gloss black logo and it looks like something more in the beauty space or in in hair care or creams um 
And we wanted our flavors to like elicit something a little different than like the blast of mint you're used to, mm -hmm. something a little more discerning. And um, when you create something that's a little off the beaten path from familiarity in toothpaste, mm -hmm. like it's not what everyone expects, right? So when you're out there, like the the best and worst piece of feedback that I've gotten is like the best feedback is like, wow, this toothpaste is fucking amazing. Like it's so smooth. It's so like delicious. It doesn't leave this like burning aftertaste that my normal toothpaste does. And um, that's really cool to hear. And then other people who are just used to Crest Colgate their whole life and, and they might not think of something different in their toothpaste. They're like, whoa, this is different. So I'm curious to know, because your product is so mission first mm -hmm. and mission heavy, um, your decision to launch into a direct-to-consumer product that takes a lot of education and and changing behavior. You know, like if if the end goal is to provide oral health care for underprivileged communities, like I just want to understand your thought process on on doing it with your first foot forward being changing behavior in a completely new space. Or the same space, but like in a completely new product. Yeah. Um, and the, the idea of changing behavior and giving back are really closely connected. The reason why the name is twice and there are two tubes is to change behavior. But by changing behavior, you're, you're creating better habits, right? Like we found a glaring statistic from the American Dental Association that 100 million Americans don't brush their teeth twice a day. But like... When you dig into that, you're like, whoa, that's like kind of crazy. Like, am I, maybe I'm one of those people or, whoa, I can't believe people go to bed without brushing. Like, what does that mean? That means that you're not taking proper care of your oral hygiene because brushing twice a day is not just about having fresh breath or like, you know, wiping away the, the decay or acid erosion or the soda or the coffee from the day. Like, it's about creating a healthier mouth for a healthier body. And when you're not taking care of oral hygiene, like, all these problems occur. You're, it can lead to 120 systemic diseases in the body. Like poor oral hygiene can lead to cardiovascular disease, diabetes, periodontal disease, like inflammation in the gums causes real issues long-term. So there's a really strong connection between good oral hygiene and what we're doing on the mission because, you know, when you go to communities that don't have access to dental care, like we take for granted the ability to go to a dentist to be, if you have a cavity, mm -hmm. like you have a, if you have a poor diet or you have a high acidic diet, whatever it is, or you're not brushing twice a day, like luckily we can take care of that, right? We could fill a cavity. Your dentist could say, you need to floss more. You need to brush twice a day. You're, you're not brushing properly. Mm -hmm. That information and that access when you don't have it leads to really bigger problems. So we're treating patients who, had, for the most part, hadn't seen a dentist their whole life, right? Like missing half their mouth, decay, erosion, and, and that leads to really bad health problems. So the idea of brushing twice a day and creating two toothpaste and, and helping people get access to oral care is so deeply connected. That's why we donate product on every single one of our dental missions. And we're about empowering people to really like find confidence in their smile by improving their oral hygiene and one, like getting access to treatment that can literally change their life overnight through dentistry. So amazing. I have a question about the actual product itself. Um, you mentioned you have essential oils in both of them. And I don't know if I, I don't know if this is right or wrong, but I've heard that you absorb the most um, anything through your gums. Yeah. Does that actually like seep into your bloodstream in the morning and night? Or how does like do the essential oils like actually penetrate into your body and like wake you up and help you go to sleep? 
Um, I would say it's more sensorial. Okay. You could do like a lot of reading into like certainly like subdermal and sublingual, like mm-hmm. under the tongue um, and through the mouth is probably the best way to uptake, right? Like look at the CBD space, yeah. like CBD tinctures and, and all these products that are about drops through the mouth. Like that is an incredibly powerful way to uptake yeah. any sort of active ingredient. But for us, the essential oils, Essential oil, like pure essential oils, actually aren't like healthy for you. Um, so we have a mix of like certain essential oils at a low enough concentration that like you're not worried about like pure wintergreen. Like that's a question people have. Like, oh, I did some reading on wintergreen essential oils. Like ours is a mix of natural and artificial by nature of like products today. And in order to be FDA regulated, um, safe for use. Um, and to be commercialized. So it's less like essential oils you might get from like a doTERRA. Yeah. Um, and it's more like a sensorial taste and flavor and aroma that um, elicits a response. Like that's that's really, we're more experience driven um, than we are necessarily like functional wellness. Got it. Cool. So I want to get into your third partner, uh, Mr. Lenny Kravitz. Casual. Yeah. Um, I want to kind of get the whole story. Like, how did you guys meet? He's definitely very philanthropic, but why did he decide to take this on with you? And like, what has that journey been like? How long before you guys actually launched did he come on? Just tell me everything. Yeah. So it's um, it's really been incredible to have um, a friend, a partner, kind of a big brother like Lenny Kravitz, right? Like the guy's an international icon. He's a rock star. He's like this symbol of cool, but really he's like he's a really good friend and like a big brother to us so he's he's had an incredible relationship with my dad for 15 years um he's been my dad's patient forever in the dental practice and they've built a really cool relationship you know we would travel to see him and we'd have thanksgiving together and over the years he had heard what we were doing on the nonprofit side and and Lenny lives in a in a small part of northern bahamas uh in an island called Eleuthera and Lenny heard the work we were doing after our first trip to Rwanda with the nonprofit. And Lenny was so inspired that he asked our dad, he said, Doc, can you come down to the Bahamas and can you help my community of people? I live in a small town and it's beautiful, but you know, my people don't have much and they don't I don't think they have access to oral care and and I've actually seen problems. Like Lenny's highly aware. I think the smile for him is is such an important thing. It exudes confidence and and love and connection. We joked like, and it, it's actually a fact. Every time Lenny comes to New York, like he goes to my dad's dental office. Like he genuinely in, enjoys like going to see them and and actually going to the dentist. Like oral hygiene is really important for him. And he saw problems in his own hometown. He had one of his friends who was actually working on his house down there who had a, an infection in his mouth and was putting ground cracked pepper in a hole in his tooth to like numb the pain because he didn't have the ability to go see a dentist and take care of it. And, and Lenny, so Lenny was very like woke to the fact of like, whoa, like oral hygiene is really important and, and everyone deserves access. And basically long story short, Lenny asked our dad and, and three months later we were down there. This was five years ago, almost to the day um, December five years ago, we brought a team of 25 dental professionals, nurse practitioners, support staff, um, down to the Bahamas. And we set up a pretty guerrilla style medical clinic 
uh, full service dental clinic and we were treating 250 patients our first year. We actually got shut down by the Bahamian government because we didn't like go through all the necessary Proper, things yeah. um, because we did it like super last minute and we were just like, let's do it. And that that's a really interesting thing of like the dynamic between our family and Lenny. It's like, we just were like, hey, let's do this to like help. And it's evolved over the years and and we've built such an awesome relationship. And And Lenny, you know, after a few years of the mission, we all felt the same thing. We had a patient this past year, a woman who came into our clinic mo- missing most of her mouth. Eight years prior, she was unfortunately... Um, domestic abuse. Her ex-husband knocked out her teeth eight years ago, and she came in like holding her mouth, covering her mouth, and 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 lo- kind of this lack of confidence. And you could see it in her. And we gave her this whole new beautiful smile, like full service reconstruction. And she gets out of the chair and she's saying to herself, "I'm back, I'm back, I'm back." And I just got so many goosebumps. Yeah, and it um, it that's the reason why we started the business. It's this idea of like finding confidence in your smile. And Lenny Lenny felt it. We felt it. I'm getting a little emotional. I know. But, um, but that was really the core reason of why we started the business. And Jules and I were like, okay, let's figure out what we want to do. And after about a year or two of formulating and thinking, like, what can we do? We had a, a an idea, a business, and a, 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 and we went to Lenny and we were like, this is what we're doing. And he, Lenny was, he's the kind of guy, he's like, I want to do this. He literally was like, I want to be in this business and let's do this together. And, you know, this isn't a spokesperson. This isn't an ambassador. Like this isn't slapping a celebrity on like, this is as organic and real as it gets. Um, You know, we're leaving in 20 days to go back down to the Bahamas for our fifth mission with 60 plus people for an entire week. Lenny included, we're bringing investors down. We're bringing partners down. And this is the evolution. And and it's so cool to see it evolve. And, you know, Lenny's actually in New York and we're going to go have business meetings about new products and, and design. So he's really hands-on. Yeah, he's hands-on. The guy's, um, you know, he's an artist. He's a creative. He's a designer. He just came out with an incredible collaboration with Dom Perignon. And, and we get really excited and he gets excited of like reinventing the future of an age-old industry. Mm-hmm. Um and that's another thing that got him really going. Like, sure, this is do- deeply rooted in giving back and philanthropy is incredibly um, integral role in everything we're doing. And it's incredibly important for Lenny, especially in the Bahamas with everything that just went down with the, with the hurricane. Like, he's done an incredible job in, in hurricane relief and helping the people of the Bahamas. Mm-hmm. Like, Lenny's the face of the Bahamas, actually. Like, he's running an entire campaign over the last year and into next year of like, the guy like he wants to help the Bahamas have this like incredibly f- incredible force in the world and and we want to help him do that and and we're gonna help more people smile in the Bahamas and around the world so it's um it's an aligned vision of the three of us um our family and our continued passion of giving back so amazing yeah so in this one year of launch what would you say has been the biggest challenge in converting behavior or just in business? Yeah, when you um when you dive into operating and running a D2C brand like you, and you don't know anything and it's your first time like you every conversation is so eye-opening. You know, whether it's an investor or or an advisor or an entrepreneur who's done it before, 
Um, the biggest challenge is, I think, is focus. There's so much out there. There's so many tech products you can layer on to your service offering. There's so many avenues you can take it. Um, there's so many bells and whistles. But the hardest thing is, is saying like, okay, forget the noise. Like, sure, take advice, listen to people, iterate, take customer feedback. But at the end of the day, the hardest part is like, stay true to who you are and don't lose sight of why you're starting this business and what your unique differentiation is. Like, what makes your company stand out from the rest? There's always going to be competition. Like, we're raising money, and, like, one of the biggest things investors say is, like, this, there's a lot of competition. Like, this category is heating up. Oral care is hot. People, like, weirdly yeah, are so excited about that. And also direct-to-consumer. Yeah, and D2C, I mean, like... What are your like, thoughts on Moon? Moon is um, an incredible introduction and entry into the space right like it's better for you i feel like if absolutely more i mean to have like kendall jenner like look she can cr crazy she can move mountains mm -hmm. with an instagram post um so wild so wild <laughs> like so wild. you can't knock the hustle so to have you know vogue and and all these beauty pubs you know, looking at oral care and as, as beauty. As valid, now, my yeah. parents, my parents tried to do that 15 years ago. They were the first oral care brand in Sephora ever. Um, and so to have a, a global scale of a brand like Moon, you know, come to the fold and introduce oral care to um, a more addressable market, I think is amazing. Like, I, I love what they're doing. Like, I see a lot of parallels in, in our business, which I think is cool. You know, it's a it's big category. Yeah. It's a really big industry. It's not a winner-take-all space. But nonetheless, like, you got to – every day is, like – every day is a, is a week. Every day is a month. Um, you got to move, and you got you to gotta continue to hustle day in and day out. So I love, I love to see Kendall Jenner and, and Moon get into the space. It's cool. I'm interested to know what your market strategy was, like what your first kind of idea for bringing this product to launch and how that's changed over the course of the year. Oh, man. Let's just say it's changed a lot. Like you have a thesis, you have an idea, right? You can raise money off of a thesis. But the reality is, is once you do it and once you learn and once you see what the data says and, and you start understanding your audience and who gravitate towards you, like, you have to be open to iterating. You know, as a D2C brand, like your first inclination is like, okay, how do I acquire a customer? What do I pay to acquire a customer? What's my acquisition cost? Um, how do I understand what my lifetime value of my customer is? Um, you know, you can, you can analyze certain businesses and create models, which is what we did. Like my brother, he was luckily like having a business partner who can model a business and, and understand unit economics and growth. Like, that's incredible. That's like literally the most important thing. You can yeah. Uh, so we had, you know, we had a thesis, but we, we have to tweak. And, and after about nine to 10 months, we finally figured out like how we want to grow our business and how to effectively grow and acquire customers. Um, and I'll tell you like the time, that time in it of like, what the fuck's our CAC and what's our lifetime value and, and how do we build this thing? Like we tried to build it organically 
we were like, we have such a unique offering, right? Like we're reinventing an age old category. We're doing something different. We're trying to change behavior. We have such an incredibly like rooted founder story with mm -hmm. an incredibly powerful celebrity behind us. How do we get this word out organically? And that was our go to market strategy. It was like, build organic growth and word of mouth. And, and that's everything, right? Like talk value and word of mouth is crucial, but ultimately like that needs to be coupled with scalable growth, especially in a category like toothpaste, um, where this is a, an everyday product that everyone needs at a low price point. I'm not selling like a $250 blow dryer um, or pair of shoes. Like I'm selling, uh, you know, a price point that's a little above average and we could talk about why that is, um, but ultimately trying to make it still accessible to the masses. Um, but we had to figure out how we were going to do that. And, and, you know, as first time entrepreneurs, that's the, that's the nitty gritty of like surround yourself with experts, surround yourselves with um, really influential voices that maybe have done it before. And that's a really cool part about building a D2C brand. Like we had a call two weeks ago with Jeff Rader, like, Jeff Rader is like the godfather of D2C brands. Like the guy started Warby and Harry's. Like he's built two unicorn brands and he knows nothing more. No, he knows retention and acquisition and growth better than anyone on the planet. What'd he say? I mean, he, he, he loved what we were doing. He admires the, the idea of going after, you know, Crest and Colgate. You know, he saw what, how we've grown and, and how we're acquiring customers and, um, he gets really excited about, you know, how you can effectively acquire customers, but ultimately it's like, how are you going to scale the growth? And he had, he had great perspective that, you know, we're, we're taking and, and he's introducing us to great people, which we, um, we really love. And, and it's an everyday progression of like, how do we look at scaling our business today and building on growth, looking ahead, you know, forecasting six years, a six months, a year out, um, and what our roadmap is, you know, that's when you really get to like understanding, like how to build a scalable business. I'm interested to know in that strategy that you guys talked about, or like what you've implemented before, like how heavily are you leaning on, on social platforms, on Instagram, on Facebook? Yeah. Um, it's kind of like the, in the D2C space, it's, um, I was at a, a, a conference last week and, and an incredible voice in the venture world was like, it's a Facebook's the drug, right? And it's true, right? Like some of these high growth D2C startups, like they launch and they can acquire a customer at such an affordable price that what you do is you start doubling down because when something's working, you just want more. Yeah. And you're like, makes sense. you tap into this like drug of Facebook and Instagram ads because it, it works. But it ain't all gravy. It doesn't last forever. So, you know, we are, it's really important today for D2C founders and entrepreneurs to not be, not be reliant on Facebook and Instagram. And we've talked to, you know, friends in the space who are also building incredible companies, venture backed, you know, scaling their teams. And, you know, it's something that, that they did because it was a way they scale right? Like you have to make money. Otherwise you're going to shut your doors. Um, so Facebook and Instagram has been an incredible vehicle for brands to go from zero to a hundred, like literally overnight. Um, because there, there's no, there's no limit, um, necessarily. Maybe Facebook throttles limits over time and your acquisition, you know, um, scale goes up a bit, but if it's working, you fuel it. 
right? And it's up to the founders to say, how do we become non-reliant on the drug? And for us, that's a big focus. Like we're, we're focusing on building an entire, um, an entire revenue stream that's rooted in industry credibility and, and non-reliant on Facebook and Instagram, which we're really excited to be launching pretty soon. Um, Can you tell us more or is it very under wraps? It's still? a bit under wraps, but it, it's, um, it's really around dental professional validation. Um, you know, we sell toothpaste, right? Like you can post Instagram ads around charcoal toothpaste and how it whitens your teeth. But like the reality is we're not in that game. Like we're not trend driven. We're not fad driven. We're not claiming to cure cancer or, you know, whiten teeth to a level that's like just not true. Mm-hmm. Um, because our dad's a dentist. Like, <laughs> you know, he sees that and he's like, wow, like that's all kind of bogus. So a big ethos for us is like no fads, no trends, no pseudoscience, just healthy toothpaste that works. Yeah. And, you know, we're focused on creating a product that's rooted in science um, and rooted in health. Because at the end of the day, like that's never going away. Um, your charcoal toothpaste will go away. And it's a great way for a quick buck if you want to build an Amazon business and, and you know, sell charcoal toothpaste overnight, like, and rank really high on search, like that's one way to do it. Um, we have a very different approach. Have you guys thought about being on Amazon or are you on Amazon right now? We're not on Amazon yet, but um, like Facebook is a drug, I think Amazon is just a beast that you can't ignore. Yeah. Um, you know, I shop on Amazon and we're going to go to Amazon. It's like, it's something that if, if you ignore it, it's kind of like, your loss. A hundred percent. And I also think that it's like, if the first step, the first goal is to change behavior, you have to do it there. Yeah. And you have to be places where people buy toothpaste. Right. right? Especially if you're not going to be in the Dwayne Reeds in the Walgreens of the world. Exactly. So you can, you know, you can try to be a hundred percent direct consumer and be all through your website. And I think that's worked for a lot of companies. Um, But I think, you know, the industry has changed so much and we're going to be on Amazon because millions of people search for toothpaste on Amazon. And if you're going to search for toothpaste on Amazon, you've been buying your toothpaste there. Are you going to come to my website and buy toothpaste? I don't think so. You're so accustomed to Amazon Prime. I mean, maybe if I had such a compelling offer, you would try it. But at the end of the day, like you have to be omni-channel in a way to break down barriers. 100%. Especially especially in toothpaste. So what would you say out of all the different facets of what I feel like you wear a ton of different hats in the company, out of everything that you've done over the course of the years, what would you say is like your main active ingredient? And you can have several, but like what is your personal Cody's active ingredient with Twice? Um, yeah, I think um, from like the advertising space and and being in the creative world, like storytelling and emotional resonance is um, always been something at the core of everything I've wanted to do, right? Like, and in building twice, at the core of it is like this idea of confidence and unpacking what it means to be confident in your smile and and helping people unlock this confidence. And my active ingredients, I, I think as we grow as like, you know, I'm technically like the chief brand officer and I wear every hat. Um, but as we grow, I want to make sure that I get to put forth my active ingredient or my unique ability to, to tell really compelling stories. Cause I think at the end of the day, like 
You're a storyteller. Yeah, and that's what that's what lifelong brands are able to do. Um, they can tell stories and they can connect. And I want to make sure that us as a brand, we're able to do that. And a lot of that is um, being able to grow and scale and enabling your team and yourself to be able to do that. So I'm excited to do more of that. And I definitely think that that's something that I I hold true to my ability. Amazing. Yeah. Um, so the whole point of the podcast is definitely to tell stories of people who are working in what they love, but it's also for the person who doesn't even know where to start or doesn't even know what to ask themselves, um, might just be super confused. What would you tell a friend that came to you and was like, I see that you're working in something that you love. Like, help me. Like, how do I, mm. how do I start? I think it's really important to, to trust the process. A lot of people like, you know, can look at someone else and say, oh, well, look how far they are. And, you know, oh, they're my age and they're, you know, look where they are. And, and I think time, a friend once told me that time is false perspective, right? Everyone has a different perspective of time, right? You and I might be same age, yet in very different stages of our life. And I think it's really important to, to trust the process and to, and to focus on what it is you're doing, the task at hand. I think that every experience, every job, every connection, every conversation can lead to something that you cannot foresee. And if you're there in that moment, like present with it and excited about it and kind of giving it your all, it will lead to the next thing, whether or not that's what you're loving doing. Our purpose didn't, it came to us, right? Like sometimes you find it, sometimes it finds you, but you have to trust in the process because it's inevitable. You never know where that inspiration or that thing will come that will hit you so hard, or, or maybe it's an evolution, right? Like sometimes love is like a slap in the face. Other times it's gradual. And I think that you just have to trust the process and and believe that it'll happen. And that's what I would say. It's a really good answer. It's cool. probably one of the better answers I've gotten. Amazing. <laughs> um, what's next for Twice? Um, a lot, but um, you know we are we're growing, which is cool. We're you know we're taking a lot of customer feedback. We're we're raising money to scale and. Um, we're focused on next year's big initiatives. You know, we have our, our fifth dental mission, as I mentioned, coming up. We're out of that breeds a lot of new energy into the business and new, new opportunities. You know, we're building this new, like, non-Facebook reliant channel that we're really excited to introduce and to grow and foster. And we're really, like, a year in, we're now ready to, to really build a company, you know, to build a culture and a team and a, and a brand that, um, starts to take semblance of like um, something really powerful that people gravitate towards. And I think, you know, we, we've we seen it a little bit in the first year, but this ain't easy. Building a company is not for the faint of heart. Um, and I think what's next for us is, is that next leap um, to grow and build and, and really rally the people around us that are going to help us continue to grow and and take us to the levels that we know we're going to be at. Amazing. Yeah. So I always close out the podcast asking, what is your literal active ingredient, something that you can't go a day without? So it could be a meditation. It can be mm. that you have to drink a gallon of water. It can literally be anything that you actually need every single day. Yeah. Um, 
routines, rituals, I um, I try to wake up and I have a consistent um, espresso, double espresso. Um, I do something called morning pages, mm, which yeah, um, if you know from uh, The Artist's Way, an incredibly powerful personal workbook. Um, meditation, I picked up about a year and a half ago. What type Doing do Vedic do? meditation, mm. which is basically... Um, a form of transcendental meditation. It's a twice a day, 20 minute um, mantra driven meditation practice. Um, How does that, does someone give you the mantra or do yeah, you just like choose Vedic it? Is a, Vedic and TM is actually a course and a, and like a, I guess, certification, like a intensive training you go through, mm -hmm. not like super intensive. It's like a six hour workshop. Um, but you get trained on it and you learn the breathing practice and it's something you take forth um, and it's up to you. But yeah, that that's certainly an active ingredient. Like when I'm, and I think like moving and being physically active, like if I'm, if I hydrate, drink espresso, do my pages, meditate and work out, I feel a bit unstoppable. Um, and when all those things align, like my active ingredient is really working. Oh, I love that. You have amazing energy. Thank you so much <laughs> for being on the podcast. Where can everyone follow you and Twice? Um, follow Twice on Instagram, at Twice. Um, check us out at smiletwice.com. Upgrade your toothpaste. Upgrade your toothpaste. It's time. <laughs> Get rid of that old crummy whatever you're using and and really focus on creating better habits and, and making better decisions for your overall health. Amazing. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you guys so much for listening. Please take a second to rate and review us. And for more inspiration and quotes from the episode, check us out on Instagram at Active Ingredient.